I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcast, and welcome to an all-new Nerd Alert. This week, we are going to be coming at you hot and heavy and loaded. We are going to be, we, we, we feel the need, the need for speed. We are asking for permission to buzz the tower, because this week, we're talking about planes and movies and movies about planes and movies with planes and we'll get into that later but first the people who are here to help me break down all the planes and movies and movies about planes and all those things in between first up ladies and gentlemen he's here to learn you something whether you want to or not he's the man that keeps the nerd in the talk nerdy to me network please welcome to the bridge commander scott so i found out something today that's actually quite recent at least recent by my standard is within the two week period. Um, it's pretty recent for you, yeah. It is pretty. It is uh, pretty recent. It is within uh, this year, so yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Jay, uh, you know, you being in Iowa, you're uh, you're you're up in the the Great Lakes kind of region. I know you're not like actually on the lakes or anything, but you're in that region of the country. John, you 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 grew up in several places up north, so you all, you yourselves are probably familiar with the Edmund Fitzgerald, right? Sure. Yep. Uh, a lot of people are. Uh, There's a whole song about it. There is, and that's what I want to talk about. So oh, sweet. Uh, she was a she was a tanker uh, that traveled the Great Lakes on November fourteenth, nineteen seventy five. Uh, uh, she went down uh, in a storm. Uh, taking 29 souls with her. The next year after that, in 1976, uh, this this event was memorialized uh, by a gentleman named Gordon Lightfoot, who uh, wrote and 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 sang and recorded the song, uh, "The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald." And um, um. Uh, in um, in the song, the song ends with a verse that that says, uh, uh, "In a in a, in a musty old hall in Detroit, they prayed." In Detroit is the way he pronounced it, the song. In the Maritime Sailors Cathedral, uh, the church bell chimed till it had rang twenty nine times for each man on the Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, and and this is something that that happened. It was a memorial. Um, they gathered 
they rang the bell. And it led to uh, an annual ringing of the bell uh, 29 times. Uh, basically, as a memorial, not just to the Edmonds Fitzgerald, but to uh, all, all sailors uh, uh, who have been lost in the Great Lakes uh, and everything. However, at the beginning of this month, uh, May 1, Gordon Lightfoot passed away uh, at the age of 84. And I just found out today that this year, the annual ringing, actually on May 2nd, uh, at 3 p.m., they rang the bell again, but this time they rang it 30 times. They added one for him. That's neat. I thought that was just cool. Well, Scott, now I have to ask. Are you familiar with Pressy? No. Pressy is the lake monster that allegedly, allegedly inhabits Lake Superior. It was first spotted in 1897 near Duluth, Minnesota. Shout out. So, all I'm saying is, we're not entirely sure what St. The Edmund is true. Well, I'm not implying it was the cryptid, but I'm implying uh, it was cryptid. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I would. Eh. No, I bring that up because I remember, I want to say it was Discovery Channel, but God only knows at this point with cable TV. There was some stupid cryptid show back in the day that talked about Pressy, the, the, and then they brought up the Edmund Fitzgerald there, and we're thinking like, wow, that's stupid and kind of disrespectful. I can't believe you guys are doing that. But you brought that up in my mind and went to, what was that stupid thing called? Like, I'll look that up real quick. Yeah. Uh. I think the Edmund Fitzgerald was the largest vessel to be sailing the Great Lakes at the time. It was. Um, um, and it was built in the fifties, I think. I think so. I, I don't. I, uh, once again, I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't going to do the actual Fitzgeralds, but stats <laughs> pulled up. But that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I can do a whole nerd fact on what happened to the Edmund Fitzgerald because it's actually. Interesting as far as plausible what happened to the, the exact incident, we don't know. We'll put a pin in that. Maybe we'll do a whole episode about shipwrecks and what cryptids really caused them. <laughs> that wasn't no iceberg that sent the Titanic. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get back down into the gutter here. Scott keeps trying to raise us up and make this show a little more highbrow. Let's put things back in the gutter where we're more comfortable. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via a DeLorean. Perhaps he was there in 1897 to spot Pressy for the first time. I don't know. Just throw that out there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the doc. Get off my plane. Mr. Harrison Ford, what are you doing here? I said get off my plane. I, I, I thought you were busy not growing a mustache to be a Thunderbolt Ross. What, what, what are you doing here? Get off my plane. Sir, this is not a plane, I assure you. This is not an aircraft of any kind. I, I, I'm sitting in a bedroom. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not even an aircraft. It, it's, we, we can't go anywhere. We can't pull over any further. I'm the President of the United States. I'm Get not even going to argue that with you. Okay, I, just, I, I guess we'll leave. I guess we're, we're leaving, guys. We're, Harrison Ford thinks this show is his plane, so we're leaving now. Get off my plane. <laughs> oh, look, it's Gary Oldman. Run. <laughs> uh, good times 
Well, Jay, this uh, whole topic was your idea, so you got us into this mess, Jay. Tell us what we're doing this week. Uh, so I was thinking about it. I'm a huge fan of uh, airplanes. Um, I have been since I was a little kid. I'm, I was as a little kid, I was mystified by the idea of flight until I started learning about how it actually worked, and then I was still like, "Wow, that's really cool." Um, I used to go to air shows all the time. Uh, Davenport, the Quad City Air Show was a big thing. Um, I've been to Oshkosh several times. They call that EAA Air Venture, uh, and they also they do a fly-in, so like you can fly your own plane and and land it. And it's uh, for the week that the Oshkosh Air Show is going on, it is actually the busiest control tower um, and the busiest airspace in the entire world. Uh, just for that one week, it it trumps it. They actually they take volunteers from air traffic control all over the country to come in and guide planes. So it's pretty cool. But anyway, so I thought, hey, you know what? It'd be kind of fun to talk about our favorite movies that involve airplanes being in them, around them, the main focus of them. So, so. Well, do you want to uh, go ahead and bring one up for discussion and get this uh, get this thing rolling? Keep the tires and let the fires. Yeah. Um. So there's there's an obvious one that I avoided because I assumed it was going to pop up on pretty much everybody's list. But I'm going to start with one of my favorite movies about airplanes, and uh, it's conveniently titled Airplane. Um. It's a comedy. Uh, it stars uh, Leslie Nielsen. Um, among others, who I, I didn't actually look up the cast. I know I have uh, uh, the, I have the one of the main characters autograph. He was a fun guy. Um, but yeah, airplane. I love this movie. It's uh, we talked about it in our quotes episode. For me, it's highly quotable. I love it. I know Obi John said he's never seen it, sure. and that made me sad. Surely you can't be serious. <laughs> I am serious and stop calling me shortly. No, uh, uh, I grew up watching and, and forgive me airplane two. Yeah. Because that's what was on encore. I think was the name of like the low rent knockoff, not knockoff, but like there was stars, which was like, a step below HBO and Showtime. And then if you paid for stars, you got Encore, which was like the Kmart brand of, or whatever the off Kmart version of Kmart was. Uh, but yeah, they, they used to run Airplane 2 a lot. I didn't know there was an Airplane 1. I thought that was just part of the joke. Uh, it's Airplane 2, but the number wasn't it. I, I grew up later, uh, you know, walking uh, around the video store and discovering, that, oh, there is an Airplane 1. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, so that being said, Airplane 2 is pretty much the exact same thing as Airplane 1, only in space. Yeah, because Star Wars that's, was the thing. I, well, that and also, I mean, you get that really great thing of William Shatner. <laughs> the bridge, we don't have a bridge, sir. We don't have a bridge. No one doesn't tell me these things. These faces on the screen, and he opens it, and it's just a window and a door. I love that shit. I love the uh, the bit he does about <laughs> all the blinky lights. Look at all these things, the blinky lights. They can't do anything? All these computers? What do these do? 
um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure the things when he's talking about what do these things do, and it's those those red tubes, you know. Yes, that are in everything. That are in everything, but they are they're also in he that that's the second movie he shares a scene with that prop in because they're in Star Trek Two. They're in the the regular space station when they're they're looking for the people. He walks right past it again. Nice, yeah. <laughs> love that. Uh, yeah, this this movie cuts me up still. Like, I even though I know what's coming and I've heard all the jokes a million times, I still laugh when I watch this movie. Just because to me, it's like it is a comedy of comedies. <laughs> it was like it was when spoofs i think really started to become a big deal well it's when and, uh, it was one of leslie nielsen nielsen's first comedic words it been his first yes uh, it was it because it threw people off because they're like wait what's the captain of the poseidon doing here he's did always that, dramatic up to that point yeah did that so that predated police story or police squad sorry police squad yeah pretty sure it did oh, okay uh let's see here the no, the one the sort of shtick that gets me every time is it's a four engine jet aircraft. Oh yeah, go it from the outside. It's got like turbo prop sound. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like yeah the prop sounds to it. Yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> that it's just like cut to the outside picture. It's you're like that's not how that plane should sound. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the great thing about the, that movie and, and spoof movies of that era, uh, the writing is fantastic. And they're throwing a joke a minute. So even if one doesn't land, doesn't matter. We're already off to the next one. And if that doesn't land, doesn't matter. We're already off to the next one. Sooner or later, yes. we'll hit on something. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Air, airplane was 1980. Police squad's 1982. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. I do appreciate the Naked Gun movies. As to, I, I thought I always thought Police Squad uh, story. God, Police Squad came first. I don't know why I keep getting this mixed up with the Jackie Chan movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's not Jackie Chan, okay? Jackie Chan. I could have sworn there. Leslie Nielsen was the kung fu guy that did his own stunts, and Jackie Chan was the guy from Airplane. I could have sworn that was. I have to look that up now. So my whole mind is blown. Yep. Next, you're gonna tell me Caddyshack Two has actually a Caddyshack One. Yeah. Because that's another great movie that is but, named number two, but doesn't have a sequel or a prequel, right? That's but uh, but Troll Two doesn't. No, exactly. Now, well, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I so, mean, it's right there in the name, airplane. Yeah, maybe not yeah, the best representation one. of flight on film, but uh, endlessly entertaining. <laughs> yes, very entertaining movie. I love it. Scott, you want to take the next one, or I can talk? I got a couple I can toss out. Well, I mean, you know, one of my favorite movies that kind of um, uh, uh, revolves, I, I guess, revolves around planes. I mean, you know, it's not really about the planes, but uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, but but I, I do enjoy it. It, it, it. I mean, it's got some flaws. It's not the best movie in the world, but I just enjoy it. It's the Flyboys 2006. Oh, uh, um, uh, Harry Osborne, uh, <laughs> the original Harry Osborne, original Harry Osborne, uh, uh, and stuff. It, it it's a dramatis, dramatized, drama, dramatized, dramatized, dramatized. Thank you. I like dramatized better. It, I'm using that. It's dramatized. Okay, got it. I like it. It, it is a, it is a dramatized depiction. <laughs> 
of the, the Lafayette Escadrille uh, during World War One, which was a uh, a, 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 a aerial squadron that was set up for non-French pilots, uh, Americans, Britons, Africans, you know, people from other nations to fight for France uh, and such. And uh, what? Um, I, I just like it because you don't see World War One done a lot in movies, and yeah, other than nineteen, you know, nineteen seventeen, usually the uh, uh, movies focus on the ground war. Very, very rarely do you ever see any that um, focus on the air war of uh, World War One. Uh, so I was really happy with this movie. the The flying scenes were great. The aircraft depicted were great. Um, uh, there's a little bit of foreshadowing that kind of gives away something that's going to happen at the end, but it's not, I don't think, too heavy-handed. Uh, the one thing I didn't care for in this movie, and in all honesty, this 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 movie, I think, because uh, kind of suffered a little bit from the the the, the Top Gun uh, uh, problem, I think, with me, okay. is uh, that there's a love interest. And literally every time he's with the love interest, the only thing I can think of is when is he getting back in the plane? I don't care. About <laughs> Just when he's back in the plane, that's all I want. You know, because the dog fight really good. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting, especially as important as World War One was to the development of aircraft and aviation. You'd think some more stuff would touch on that a bit, um, especially when you see how just. They always say there's a thin line between uh, brave and crazy, and I like to think all those pilots had one foot on each side of that line. Oh, oh most definitely. With what they with what they had to work with and what they took up into the air with, and yeah, whew, yeah. Uh, yeah, basically an engine strapped to balsa wood uh, with some uh, yeah some tarp over it. Yeah, um, and stuff, which is uh, awesome. you know the most of those planes, of course, it changed of course depending on the plane, but most of those planes can turn left a lot sharper than they can turn right literally or maybe it was the other way around what they can turn one way better than the other one because of the torque of the engine because the engine is one way is literally pulling the aircraft around the other way it, they're fighting against that torque huh. so yeah. there you go um uh, i've never actually seen it scott oh my god it's so good it's very up your alley jay uh, but I did think of a funny joke for your new word. My new word? You mean the new episode title? Yeah. Dramatized? dramatized. Oh, dramatized. Yeah. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? Yes, I'd like a Big Mac. Oh, would you like that uh, supersized? No, I'd like it dramatized. Did they just whip out Henry VIII on you while they're <laughs> making the, they're making your burger? You pull up to the window and they're like, Dost thou be paying with card or cash? Just, yeah, go really To really tip high. or not to tip? That is the question. Whether well, it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous misfortune. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, uh, well, the, the first one I want to bring up, uh, very much along the lines of what Scott had. Uh, but it's a movie that I stumbled across again on cable late night one night and then tracked it down on my local video store to see the whole thing without commercials. Uh, and as a kid, I really enjoyed this movie and never really gets as much play 
uh, or attention as I think it deserves, uh, partly because of stuff around the making of the movie. But uh, from 1991, Flight of the Intruder, mm. uh, directed by and and rewritten by John Milius, who, if you don't recognize that name, he's the guy behind Conan the Barbarian and Red Dawn um, and wrote a whole bunch of other amazing movies. Um, just a total old school balls to the wall, manly man, uh, like Ernest Hemingway of the eighties is, is what John Milius was. Um, he's the guy that insisted they use real steel swords on Conan. None of that aluminum yeah. shit. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> combat ready cutlery. Thank you very exactly. much. Exactly. Uh, it stars Danny Glover, Willem Dafoe, Brad Johnson, Tom Sizemore, Rosanna Arquette, and a young Ving Rhames. Um, it's set during the Vietnam War. So again, very much like Scott's pick, Flyboys. You, you see plenty of Vietnam movies. You don't see a lot of Vietnam movies about the air war of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, it specifically, this follows a group of U.S. Navy pilots who fly, and I had to look this up because I couldn't remember what it was, the A-6 Intruder Bomber. Uh, this is not fighter aircraft. These are bomber aircraft. This is as the the Navy was moving into more of the role we know them as now, like modern era of of the aircraft carriers off the coast. And they're flying inland to do bombing runs as as support Uh, that more more of that role, less dogfighting in the sky stuff. Um, So it's really cool. Very interesting perspective. It's a corner that doesn't really get shown a lot. The movie for me is awesome. Much like Top Gun. uh, This had the full backing of the U.S. Navy. So they filmed for two weeks uh, on an actual U.S. Navy aircraft carrier. They had equipment and gear and personnel from the U.S. Navy. Um, the model of aircraft they used was had was like the A6A or whatever. And at that point, the, at the time they were shooting, which was 1989, 90-ish, they were up to like the A6F. So they had to kind of retrofit some to look a little more historically correct and, and, you know, repaint logos and stuff like that. But uh, as far as all the, the technical stuff goes, very accurate movie. Um, it is based on a novel written by, and I forgot to write down the name of the author. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, but the author did actually serve during Vietnam in the Navy flying a six truders. So the authenticity is there. Um, the story is completely fictional. Um, you know, burst that bubble now. Uh, th- there was no unauthorized secret bombing run into Hanoi. Sorry, didn't happen. Uh, but everything else around it uh, is, is as authentic as they could make a fictional story be. Yeah, um, wait, wait to tell that secrecy line there. We, we, we love your, your, uh, your, your, your duty to your country and, and putting that flavor out there. It was good. Just saying. Uh, it's a great movie. Though. It really is entertaining. Uh, Willem Dafoe is awesome in it. He's the old grizzled kind of veteran um, who, who sort of takes the the young uh, Brad Johnson is the the name of the the lead character I guess, and then Danny Glover is is playing the um, I don't know what his role he's, he's the officer in charge of the wing uh, he's 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 the <laughs> to use he's a movie commander yeah to use movie parlance he's the old chief who's pounding on the desk and yelling at him for being loose cannons. Um, but no, it's a really cool movie. It, it also gets into, without getting into a spoilery, uh, what happens when you get shot down uh, over Viet freaking Nam. It ain't cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, more than likely, his title should be uh, should be the CAG, C-A-G, Commander Air Group. 
his title is Danny fucking Glover, and you will call him by his full name. Thank you very much. Uh, no, I, I, I will. If I had more time and was a better podcaster, I would have rewatched the movie and taken notes on it, but I didn't. I'm sorry. Um, but no, great cast. Real again, sort of like Flyboys. It, it shines a light on a, a corner of uh, military aviation that you don't see a lot of, especially in this period. There's plenty of movies about Vietnam focusing on, you know. Yeah, the, the the war on the ground, but there's not a lot of movies. In fact, I couldn't even think of any other one uh, about the air war over Vietnam. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of I, you know, we were soldiers. Yeah, it has bombing runs and stuff. It has name Paul being dropped, and it has scenes that include aircraft, but it's not about the aircraft. So, um, uh, I have seen Flight of the Intruder, but it has been a day. <laughs> Yeah, no, so. it's uh, again, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle, and uh, it was the last theatrical feature film directed by John Milius. Sadly, he did TV movies and stuff after that. But a uh, great movie, uh, give it a good look see. And if you're a guy who like Commander Scott likes the the technicalities and the the just just seeing how an aircraft carrier works, and uh, there's again, the story is fictional. But everything else around it, the aircraft, the uniforms, the gear, it's all real. It's all as authentic as you can get. They went out for two weeks on an aircraft carrier to film this. Um, it's awesome. I've never seen this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to watch this. You'd I'm, like it, Scott. I think you would enjoy it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it going with um, uh, era-specific... Uh, theme that we've got, you know, Scott had uh-huh. Flyboys with World War One. You've got Flight of the Intruder with uh, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So my pick is uh, it revolves around World War Two, and my next pick for one of my favorite movies that involves aircraft is um, Memphis Bell. Oh, the Memphis Bell is such a great movie. Nowhere near historic yet, but a great, no. great movie. No, uh, I love this movie. I think it has a really good cast. Um, it's really highly entertaining to watch. Um, it's just one of those movies that, like, it not only let not only do I enjoy it for the aircraft, um, I also enjoy it for the compelling time period. You know, being about World War II, uh, it's uh, it's one that sticks with me. I remember it like I remember no. the first time i saw it i was like oh my god and then like i'd watch it from time you know Mm -hmm. every now and then uh but it's got it's got a heck of a cast Uh, can i I name some names jay yeah because i had this one down too matthew modine Uh, eric stoltz harry connick jr in his feature film debut uh billy zane sean astin and john lithgow among others yeah and and Ben Browder is in this movie. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, ben Browder is in this movie. Uh, do you remember the uh, the the there was a, a party thing going on uh, the night before the mission starts? Because remember, what's his name? Billy Zane's friend gets drunk and he's trying to get him to stick his finger down his throat and stuff. Okay. Anyway, uh, at that party, Matthew Modine is is basically uh, at the drink table at the punch where the punch bowl is, and he's He's talking to another guy 
about you know what it takes to be a captain and everything and and everything and he's really just like i'm just here for the party dude i don't want to talk about this shit and mm-hmm. finally he gets a word in edgewise and he says he's like all right well, i'm gonna get back to my date captain that's ben browder okay One of his first debut their first first acting gigs i'll have to give it a rewatch yeah uh that's yeah, great movie yeah like scott said uh if you're going into a movie for historical accuracy Forget this one, because yeah. uh, they were the, the the names are all changed. The characters are all composite characters. They they were more interested in making a movie that encapsulated what it was like to be on a B seventeen than yep, to yep. tell the specific story of this B seventeen. Yeah. Well, um, and, which, um, well, it's it's the whole thing of don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Exactly. It's it's the romanticized uh, story of the the last mission of the Memphis Bell. Yeah. Uh, such and. Um, uh, interesting uh, note for the the actual history, though. Uh-huh. Uh, the captain of the Memphis Bell, uh, Robert Morgan. Of course, after the Memphis Bell completes her 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 final bombing mission, they they send them home. You know, after you know repairing the planes and convalescence, they send them back to the U.S. for the the whole war bonds tour. You know, yep. where they fly the plane around and everything. Yep. Your heroes go sell war bonds now. Yes, exactly. Uh, after that was done, though, Robert Morgan volunteered. To go back, he retrained to fly B twenty nine. No, the uh, yeah, uh, to fly B twenty nines, and he flew like thirty missions over Japan. Wow. Yep. What a badass! I had fun uh, trivia, but it's not that cool. I was Did looking you... at. Oh, go ahead, Did... John. Did you know <laughs> the filming of this movie employed? Five of the eight still flight-worthy B-17s in the world at the time of filming. Wow. And did you know that after the filming of this movie, there were only seven flight-worthy B-17s <laughs> in the world? Oh. oh. Uh, there was an... So what? Did they have some issues? There, there was one particular issue uh, during a, a takeoff scene. Um, the, the plane... Uh, hit a patch on the runway and skidded off and ran into a tree and was no longer flight worthy. <laughs> Ooh. Hopefully so, yeah. there were no there were no serious casualties. No, no one. Uh, as far as I know, nobody was seriously injured, um, which is why it, it's it's not as like a big a thing. Uh, but yes, there were eight still flight worthy B seventeens when they started the movie, and there were seven left when they were done. <laughs> uh my my interesting trivia was actually about the name Memphis Bell. Because, like, I looked, I was on Wikipedia, and it, I just clicked on this about the Memphis Bell. There's a bunch of planes that have named themselves the Memphis Bell to honor the original B-17. Uh, there's an F-105D Thunder Chief Ooh. from the 357th Tactical Fighter Squadron uh, in the Vietnam War named the Memphis Bell, too. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, there's Memphis a Bell also, or the Memphis Bell two, the I, number I, two, like two Roman Memphis Bell. Okay. Roman numeral. I, 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 just, I was just curious. I just wanted to. Yep. Uh, We're the Memphis Bell a, two. Damn it. There's a. There was a. A B. There was a B one B Lancer, uh, named the Memphis Bell. Uh, an FB one eleven A Aardvark, named the Memphis Bell two. Uh, there are two B-52s 
named the Memphis Bell. There's the Memphis Bell 3 and the Memphis Bell 4. And they both flew in uh, the Gulf War. Huh. So there's all the way up to 11 I have here. Oh, wow. So, Good God. So they just kept not all, going. Like, they didn't, yeah, they didn't list all of them, but they... Um, now it's just like PlayStation IDs or something. <laughs> yeah. Memphis Bell 29. So, uh, but yeah, I love this movie. Um, I've actually been on board a B-17 at one of the air shows I've gone to. And to be on that thing flying in a war, being shot at uh, from the ground and the air, yeah, not cool. That would not, no. No, thank hey, you. Hey, Jay. Yeah. What if I told you we could take you to Memphis Bell? Oh. The real Memphis Bell. Is it in Cincinnati? It is. It's not in Cincinnati. It's at Wright Pat, right? Uh, as of a year and a half ago, it was up in Cincinnati. I thought it was at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. I thought that's where it got. Uh, uh, I thought that's where it got um, restored. There was a whole exhibit about the Memphis Bell. With 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 what I thought was the Memphis Bell. Maybe they lied to me. That would be cool to see. I have seen the Enola Gay, so. Uh, there's there's four entire hangars of the uh, Air Force Museum we can take you to, Jay. Yeah, but that's not in Cincinnati. It's in Dayton. That's right, Pat. Okay. Yeah, that's what I said. Why would the Memphis Bell be in Cincinnati? No, it's... it's I don't okay, know. Whatever. It's in the museum in Ohio. Yeah, in Dayton. Okay. Not Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Cincinnati. Got it. I swear. <laughs> uh, questioning my sanity there. You should always question yeah. that. Great. Got it. The, Just because we mixed Memphis up Bell Cincinnati nine. and Dayton doesn't mean you're not insane, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> the Memphis Bell 9 is located in uh, the um, often mentioned uh, magical place where the doors open from Washington, D.C. to the desert in Arizona. The Smithsonian. So, the right Smithsonian. Next the, right next to yeah. the SR-71 that's parked there. That leads yeah. out to the desert that connects to the mountains right outside of New York City. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the yeah, B-17s, one of the B-17s there is a Deceptobot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure is. Deceptobot? Yeah. It's... An Autobot and a Decepticon had a baby. It's a Deceptobot. Okay. As a brother, that's an autocon. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Anyway, going. Moving on. <laughs> moving right along. Scott, Sorry, I, I think that we're up to you. We are, and my last movie that I I I picked came out in 2006. So with this one, I'm advancing two years. I'm going to 2008 now. Whoa! Slow it down now. I know. Um. Because as I said, uh, I love uh, anything that's going to cover the air war of uh, World War One, and mm-hmm. I really like the Red Baron from 2008, which was a, uh, I, I believe it's actually a German-produced biopic on um, uh, uh, Manfred von Richthofen. So uh, a really, really good movie. Uh, stars uh, people I've never heard of. 
<laughs> whose names we can't pronounce because they're all well, German. There's a lot of Germans. Yeah, there's there's people that I've seen in other things like Joseph Fines. I know he's been in other things. Mm-hmm. The only one I really know from anything else is uh, Lena Headey. Oh, okay. From Game of Thrones. Uh, it's Headley. Uh, no, there's no L. Um, Till Schweiger. I know I've seen him in some stuff. I couldn't tell you from what. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a really good story. It, 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 it somewhat fictionalized, of course, it, it glosses over some things. It, 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 it compounds, uh, like different, different events in his life into like just one instance type thing, you know, for the purposes of storytelling and timing, uh, uh and such. Um, this is one of those ones that the love story, I don't have. When, when the love story comes into play, I don't have the when's he getting back in the plane thing on this one because the actors involved are actually still telling a compelling story. Like, like they're, they're holding my attention other than just the because because the, the, the female character actually has some depth to her, you know, and it's it's not just cliched. So, uh, but yeah, if you've not seen this one, uh, I, I highly recommend you give it a watch. It's It's got good stuff in it. Gives... One of the legends as to why his plane was blood red, but why he painted his his plane red, because um, uh, there's a couple of different stories and, and reasons and everything. And it leaves, if I remember correctly, at the end it it leaves the the uh, uh, question of who actually shot him down open. Because at the time this was made, I you know it was still somewhat up in the air. I don't know. I think it's still up in the air, but depends on who you talk to. Whether he was actually shot down by the pilot that was credited with the kill in the war, or if he was hit by ground fire. Uh, but this movie still leaves that open to interpretation. However you look at it, you can see either way. But yeah, you know, I've never actually heard of this one, Scott. I know this is this is one of those ones you know that that flew under the radar for a lot of stuff being German made huh. things like no uh, pun intended like <laughs> what? Under the radar. no one ever heard of that one um, but yeah I know I'm picking weird shit I can't help myself oh that's okay that's what I do no 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 you're fine I got I got one you're gonna appreciate later okay yep. All right, John. Okay, so look, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't seen the trailer for this movie, but I had to bring it up because of who's in it. So I was looking for cool movies about planes, and when you do that, you get a lot of war movies. I was like, okay. So I was scrolling through all these war movies about planes and fighter pilots and whatnot, and then I came across from 1938. Ooh. Starring Basil Rathbone, David Niven, and Errol Goddamn Flynn, the Dawn Patrol. The Dawn Patrol. It okay. is. Ah, damn it, I lost it. Uh, come back. Yeah, I lost it. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a. a Flynn is like the hot shot pilot, and and Basil Rathbone is the the um, the commander of the hold on, 59th Division of British Royal Flying Corps in 1915 in France. So it's another World War One movie, Scott. Um, and and uh, Errol Flynn is given the reins of the squad, and soon learns that 
not as easy being in charge as you thought it was. Um, look, just because it stars my favorite man, Errol Flynn, and and Basil Rathbone and David friggin' Niven, how cool is that? Um, I'm trying to find a copy of this. I've not seen it yet, uh, except for the trailer, which is on YouTube. Uh, but it looks awesome, and I, can't, I look forward to, uh, to, to watching this because uh, those guys are great together, and it's great seeing them be kind of frenemies again because they're really good at that role. Uh, and it's about World War One. I'm gonna have to get. get is it available? Can we get this someplace? I'm working on it. What a copy! You can watch it on YouTube, apparently, or Amazon Prime. On Amazon Prime? You have to, you have to pay for it though. Oh, it's uh, just available for rent. It's not streaming. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm, uh, I'm trying to find a physical copy because I'm me. Uh, yeah, shit. I would love to 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 watch this. Watch this in a heartbeat. It's on. Is it on Amazon? Amazon has everything, you know. Yeah, I did, that, that's the first place I looked. Yeah. It, but did you look correctly though? How how do I look incorrectly? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just okay. There are several movies called The Dawn Patrol, though. So if you're looking for it, you specifically want the 1938 version. You can't miss it. Errol Flynn's face is right dead center on the poster. Here's one 1938 DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says it's it's third party Amazon itself. Yeah, no, I'm 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 gonna have to settle for DVD on this one. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're gonna find it on Blu-ray. Uh, I'll keep looking. Maybe we can find it on Laserdisc. That'd be awesome. Hey, now you're talking. <laughs> I would Laser watch disc. I'd watch this in a heartbeat. <clears throat> now I have to see. Damn. So that's what I got. That's the last of my serious choices. The rest we're going to get goofy with. Uh, okay. Yep. Um. Well... The next one on my list is uh, the one that I quoted to open the start of the show. Uh, Air Force One. Cool. Uh-huh. What about uh, it? <laughs> I just love it. I love... Uh, yeah. It's like... It's this kind of like super action movie just set on a 747. That is not um, whatsoever like the interior of the actual Air Force One, as far as we know. But if it was, they wouldn't tell us. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, did they have to kind of make up the interior based on like news footage and stuff? Because you can't get the blueprints for it anywhere. Yeah, like the like the whole top deck thing being like like a war room type deal is it's unknown. <laughs> so. There's so no it could be. It could be. Just like um, the pod. But yeah, it could be there. We don't know. Yeah. It does have seating like that, though, for just regular people. Not regular people. And there's a lot of clearance you have to go through to get on it. But uh, I really liked it because they, like I said, they put this action movie inside the airplane. Uh, and then they kind of added a few levels to it by... Um, including the fact that uh, President Harrison Ford was a former pilot, uh, all the kind of neat anti, um, like anti-weaponry things that Air Force One had, like the flares, which I'm sure that it is equipped with. Uh, and like probably has radar jamming equipment. But anyway, 
it's it's pretty nifty. I liked all the things about that and like what made the plane unique. And then it also had um, one of my favorite fighters in it, uh, the F-15 Eagle, um, as like a strike force. Also, that ending where they're ziplining between a C-130 and the 747 is crazy. I remember seeing that for the first time and I'm like, oh my God, is that actually how they do it? Not knowing, but it was interesting. <laughs> how they do what? Transfer from one aircraft to another mid-flight? Yeah, like if they actually had to rescue somebody mid-flight, is that how they would do it? And like, it's like, I know it's a Hollywood uh, dramatization, uh, but it was still interesting to watch. Okay. I'm pretty sure that was highly implausible. I'm sure it is. I, 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 I'm just saying. Just the airspeed alone. That I'm, I'm sure that the C-130 could get up to the airspeed it needed to. And I'm sure the 747 <laughs> could reduce its airspeed. Well, but, like, you'd but, have to be full flaps. Yeah, but... A lot of higher well, angles also, of attack. But also, but also you're you're dealing with a damaged aircraft that's too damaged to fly. So trying to maintain variable flight characteristics, because this plane is probably decelerating, accelerating, jinking all over the place, it would probably be next to impossible. So it was still cool to watch though. It was cool to watch. It was cool to watch. Uh it was cool to have that. That wonderful scene at the end when the C-130 changes its call sign. To Air Force One. Air Force One. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I forget which president it was, but the reason Air Force One exists. Um, I forget which president it was. I think it was Truman, but I'm not sure. It, it, whoever It was the first president to ever fly, whichever one that one was. Um, was on, uh, it was actually an Army Air Corps uh, plane at the time. And it had the same, like the same last four tail number as a civilian flight that was in the same pattern. And um, um, the tower called up instructions to that tail number because generally, they, they wouldn't call out the whole number, just the last few digits, right? And so they called up um, instructions to that tail number. And I, it may have been the president's pilot who radioed back and asked for clarification as there was two with those numbers in the pattern. And so they asked for clarification. And, of course, the controller called up clarification. Uh, and it was actually instructions for the, uh, for the civilian flight. Here, uh, here you go, Scott. Okay. Uh, the Air Force One naming convention was established for communication purposes. The name was adopted in 1953 after a commercial plane, Eastern Airlines Flight 8610, entered President Eisenhower's airspace when he was on board his plane, which had a similar name, Air Force 8610. Okay. There you go. Well, I'll continue now. Sorry. <laughs> Even though Jay just completely just stepped all over my little my little nerd pack there. Yeah. Anyway, the 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 the, uh, 
the Secret Service basically said, yep, that's too much of a close call. Uh, that's not happening again. And so Air Force One was created as a call sign, but Jay's already told us that now. Thank, thank you, Jay. Well, Scott, what happens if the president's not on an Air Force uh, aircraft? Well, what happens then? Jay, Jay, would you like to take this? Uh, uh, what? I don't know what they would call it. Uh-huh. Trying to help Scott, sorry. Sorry, it's all good. No, it's all good. Just, sorry, it's all, it's all, actually, hang on. <laughs> ah, shit. My system wasn't figured correctly. <laughs> to answer my own question, it would be Army 1, Marine 1, or Navy 1. Yeah, well, Marine 1 is a Super Stallion helicopter. Right, but if he's not on a helicopter, if he's on another Marine aircraft, that if, becomes if, Air Force One, or sorry, Marine One. Yeah, if, if he's on a helicopter. Whatever he's on, yeah. It's still a <laughs> if, the president's, if the president's backseating in a Harrier. <laughs> yeah, that's now Air Force One. So Marine One. It would be Marine One. And it's, Marine One. It, it's... It, it, it's happened before. President Bush landed on a carrier in an F-18. And while he was backseating the F-18, that F-18 answered there to Navy One. <laughs> what if he's on a civilian aircraft? If he's on a civilian yeah. aircraft, it's executive one. Okay, so see. Which shit is, has hit shit hath hit the fan if he's on a uh, a civilian one. There are two highly customized 747-200B series aircraft that carry the tail codes 28,000 and 29,000. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I was and just reading. Means... I'm just looking at, so the tail number on the back. Context, of the, Jay. What the fuck does that mean? So on the back of the, the tail number on these two, you have one that's 28000 and the other is 29000. I, I get numbers, uh, yeah. What's uh, the significance on, of those on numbers? these two what, Jay? 747-200Bs. What do they have that's significantly as far as relation to Air Force One? Well, that's just their, their, that's just their tail number. They're the aircraft set aside that are primarily Air Force One. Those are the President's planes, right? Yeah. Okay. But they carry; they have a whole fleet of aircraft. You can come to, uh, to Ohio and see a bunch of the old ones, Jay. Yeah. Over in uh, Columbus or wherever that is. Yeah. Yep. Newport, Newport News, got it. Yeah, Day Daytona, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Daytona, Michigan. I'm on it. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> please tell me you have something else for us. <laughs> I do, because there's a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, airplane movies. Mm -hmm. you know? But me being me, I like a lot of eclectic shit. And a I lot did of not shit, know that about you, Scott. And, uh, and a lot of shit people have never heard of. And you know right, what? Hit us. I I'm going to keep this going with World War One. Okay. <laughs> actually, this is this is a, a, a post-World War One film. This is not actually set during the war. It's set just after the war. Okay. Um, uh, 1975, Robert Redford, the great Waldo Pepper. Oh! Nin 1975 is a long time after World War One. 
That's when the movie was made, not when it's set. Uh, <laughs> the movie is set, as I said earlier, just after World War One. Um, and excuse me. So um, uh, uh, Robert Redford plays a uh, uh, an ex-pilot uh, from World War One, who basically it, it shows the heyday of barnstorming because after world war one you had a lot of pilots that came out of the army they were trained how to fly these aircraft you also had a crap ton of aircraft because after world war one most of the air corps was decommissioned they the 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 uh um uh, the army wasn't going to pay to maintain a fleet of aircraft because they they didn't need to. Um, they weren't going to spend that money. Uh, they also, in, in a side note, just like they weren't, they didn't pay to support uh, an, an an armor division of tanks. Um, they were going to decommission the tank corps after World War One, um, uh, and just scrap them all. Um, so you had a lot of pilots and a lot of planes that just literally entered the civilian market. Uh, and these pilots and stuff, they had to do something to make a living. And everybody loved watching the planes and the pilots and the flying because it was new. It was exciting. Uh, and they did all sorts of, well, stupid shit. Uh, they <laughs> threw barns. They wing walked. They flew upside down six feet over the damn ground uh, and stuff. And uh, so you get to see a lot of that. And, and you know, he, he's a barnstormer, so he's doing whatever he can. Um, they, would, they would literally fly from town to town and take people on rides. And uh, they would just charge for rides. And, and uh, at the beginning of the film, uh, Robert Redford is doing that. And, and he's in this town and, and another pilot that he knows comes into town to do the same thing. And uh, it, it was funny because... At one point, I think he he goes up to help him check his plane or something, and he removes the cotter pins from the wheels so that when he takes off, he leaves the wheels behind. Uh, that way, when he landed again, he would he would disable his aircraft and mm -hmm. competition in the town, uh, just shit like that. Now, the the overarching uh, story behind this is that uh, you know uh, he he constantly tells people about this big air war. That, you know, or not air war, but this air battle that he was in. It's a famous battle. And he went up against this this German ace fighter, you know, and, and they. Uh, 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 oh, the, the 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 competition pilot was played by Bo Svensson. The, the, the scene just popped up on my thing here. I, I forgot about that. Anyway, um, and he would always tell this story about how he's present at this famous battle and areas like that. And it leaves it up in the air as to whether he actually was. Or if he's just telling the story, like the, like there's 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 there are scenes in the movie that you kind of get the feeling that he wanted to be there, but he just missed it type thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So he just keeps telling people that he was in partially to get some business and to you know get who was not cred, just some cred, but also partially because he really wishes he was there. So if he if he tells it enough, it becomes true for himself. Okay, and then in the movie the German ace actually shows up and they meet because they start getting work doing aerial stunts for early uh, cinema. Cause this, I think this does take place like the twenties or thirties. So they're doing, you know, the aerial stuff for movies mm -hmm. and the, the, the climax of the movie is 
basically him and the German ace, without saying it, they decide we're going to solve this once and for all. Who's the better pilot? Who would have won in that fight? And we're going to go up, and only one of us is coming back down. But they don't have any real ammo, of course, in their in their guns. It's all blanks, right? So they start flying, trying to use the props and wings of their aircraft to damage the other person's aircraft. It's a dogfight without guns. It's actually really cool. Because, hmm. uh, like, you know, at one point the German ace comes up behind Waldo and he's using his, he's using his prop to chew up his rudder. Uh, and 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 such. So, and then Waldo comes in at one point and scrapes his wing through one of the Germans' wing struts to make him make his wings start losing st- uh, stability uh, and such. So, yeah, and it's just because yeah, it, it, right before they go up, there's this great scene where they're just looking at each other. They're, they're talking about it, they just look at each other, and the German looks over and he takes his parachute and he dumps it, and 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 Pepper does the same thing. So they go up without shields. Without saying it, only one of them is coming back down. Well, alive. <laughs> it's a really good. Fair movie. enough. Okay. I remember my dad watching it, but I, I, I would get bored if they weren't, you know, flying. Because <laughs> I was like, never, five. never seen it, never heard of it. Sorry. I know, Jay. It's okay. I forgive you. Well, thank you. Anyway, yeah. Well, side note, Scott. Yeah. You might have seen this. Uh, Are you familiar with, and I'm going to softball this joke at you. (laughs) Have you ever seen Wings? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I have. TV show joke here. Yeah, I I got nothing. I don't know. I don't know what what joke you want. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Wings. I love Wings. Wings is great. Tony Shalhoub, Sandman. It's great. There you go. No, have you seen Wings from 1927? Oh, yeah. See, I didn't know there was a movie called Wings. So I honestly thought you were going to the show. And (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, then maybe I shouldn't have set anything up. I should have just thrown it out there and let it happen naturally. My bad. Yeah, you would have. So, okay. I had to look it up because I couldn't remember the title of it. But the the first movie to ever, ever win an Academy Award for Best Picture in 1927 was a film called Wings. It's a silent black and white picture about two World War One combat pilots in a fight over a woman. And I thought I, I would have bet money that um, uh, Howard Hughes had produced it, but I might be making that up. But I just bring that up to bring up the fact that uh, there's a long tradition of of Hollywood loving uh, a good aerial dogfight. Yeah. Yeah. That would that would be cool. I've not seen that one. What is what is the 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 big Howard Hughes like World War One aerial movie that you know he almost bankrupts his company for could have swore it was wings. Was was it ever released? I don't know. I thought it was because it made money, and I, I, I think. Well, they talk about it in another one of my favorite movies about airplanes. Oh, yeah, really? What's that, Jay? I was trying to set you up for that, Jay. Oh, uh, the Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio is a good movie. It's all about Howard Hughes, it, uh, it. and 
contrary to actually what happened, uh, he flew the spruce goose, and it actually flew, flew in the movie. Like, he actually took it for a flight. Um, But in reality, it lifted off the water on accident while doing a high-speed taxi. Yeah, it's the way they depict it in the movie, too. It's supposed to be doing a high-speed taxi, and he's not supposed to fly it, and he flies it. You but I thought, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've watched the movie. He actually, like, flew it, flew it, like, gained altitude. No. Flew it. No, no, it, 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 it gains about, you know, maybe 30 feet over the water, and he sets it right back down. Yeah, that, that movie's decently accurate in, in its timeline and how it portrays things. But yeah, it's been that, a minute. But, yeah, oh, man, the I remember the scene. I do vividly remember the scene where he's test flying the uh, the new spy plane or fighter plane or whatever he's trying to develop for the United States and crashes it. In doesn't, like, doesn't the movie LA. open that crash and then flashback or something? No, it, it's... It, no, it's, it, it's like... I don't think it's right at the beginning. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it is one of my favorites. I I saw it in theaters and then I bought it on DVD. I've watched it a few other times, but it's been a while. I should put it in and watch it again. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, I really love the scene where, uh, you know, he's in his, he's in his office, you know, and he's got the plans for the Spruce Goose and he's got the, the model and everything, and Cliff Secord goes running, uh, will try to get away from the FBI, and he takes off on the model, and the model flies, and that's when he, that's when he figures out the Spruce Goose will actually fly. That's a wonderful scene. Uh, um, that's not the what? Wait a minute. I think you, uh, you, you crossed some eyes and dotted some T's there, Scott. I mean, he sees it gliding off after Cliff, you know, drops to the ground and is running away from the FBI, and he's like, "Damn thing, will fly." Love yeah, yeah, yeah. You like I said, you you dotted some T's and crossed some I's. I think you uh, you zigged when you should have zagged. I think there. How so? Is that is that not in the Aviator? No, no. I think that's in uh, that's in that other movie. Um, the the Jet Kateer. Don't you fucking joke about that movie, Jay? The Jet Propelled Man. I think was the name of it. Before we get to that, Scott. Uh, point to, to, to not correction clarification. Uh, Howard Hughes made a movie called Hell's Angels yes. in 1930 when it was finally released. Um, he was inspired by Wings but wanted to do it better, bigger, and Thank better, you. and presumably with hookers and blow. Yeah, I'm actually trying to find that on IMDb. <laughs> in fact, I, forget I, the movie, I, I cannot find that on IMDb. He, he spent 2.8 million dollars in 19. Uh, twenty between twenty seven and twenty nine, uh, including at one point while the film was in production, talkies became the thing, and Howard Hughes said, "Oh, that's it, my movie has to have sound now." So they had to recast a bunch of roles because his leading lady, again, when it was a sound movie, was Norwegian and couldn't speak English. English, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and at least one mechanic died during a uh, onset accident. Oh shit! Good lord. Yeah, nearly bankrupted him. But no, it was not Wings, it was Hell's Angels. Hell's Angels. I'm trying Hell's to find Angels. that on IMDb now, and I can't find it. Interesting. But Jay, the movie where that's we found out... That's confused with uh, ha- Hell's Angles. Yeah, that's no, it's a, a whole different... That's a math instructional video. <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, yeah, Jeff. Sorry, sorry, I interrupted. Sorry. No, the movie where Howard Hughes learned that the spruce goose would fly, uh, because this movie is a hundred percent historically accurate, is the Rocketeer. Ah, such a good movie. Ties in beautifully with the whole Waldo Pepper thing too, because that's kind of how Cliff gets his start. Yeah, uh, I don't think this movie has anything to do with airplanes. So. Speaking of Twitch, uh, uh, Rocketeer and airplanes, uh, yeah. the airplane that he's flying at the beginning. Um, the racer? Yeah, the racer, which is a GB, mm-hmm. uh, which is a racing airplane that uh, at the time was grossly overpowered for its airframe. Yep. At the time this movie was made, uh, and I don't know since, but at the time this movie was made, I knew do know that every GB that had ever been built had crashed, including the one <laughs> that was for 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 that <laughs> Jesus. Is so it's a death trap. The white one at the end, uh, I don't think was real. I think that ended up at the Disney MGM Studios backlot tour because I used to see that a lot when we went to Disney World. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that it, that ever actually flew. I don't. Know, I think that was just a prop. Yeah, I think that was just a prop. Yeah, the 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 one that they had built for the flying the yellow and, and black one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I I think. I don't know if they actually crashed it for the crash scene, like if they they crashed it on set mm-hmm. or if it crashed later. But I do know that one did eventually crash, like it was, it was destroyed because that was a it was a it was overpowered for its airframe. It had a sh- I mean that that damn plane because it was built to be a racing plane. Yep, because that was a big thing, you know, in the '30s and stuff was was air racing, um, and it never really caught on again despite Red Bull's efforts. Um, but, uh, um, it was just way overpowered and it would, it would, it would move and it would move fast, but it did not have near the control surfaces necessary to maintain control at those speeds. Uh, and it was very easy to lose control of and pretty much everyone eventually did. And they all crashed at one point. Or thank, another. thank goodness. Cliff Secord found that rocket engine. This is very true. Straps on it. Well, what awesome! Also, well, in World War II with Captain America. Yep. And also, uh, also thanks, uh, you know, thanks for Peavy, you know, who who figured yeah. out it was necessary to put a rudder on the helmet. The real hero. The real hero here. Yeah. If you want to look around, you got to use your eyes. You can't move your head. You got a rudder on it. Uh, <sighs> Out of a radiator overnight in his friggin' living room, ladies and gentlemen, the real hero of that movie, Peavy. I love the part of the end when Jenny hands him the blueprints that she she stole from um, uh, uh, Sinclair. Yeah, and Peavy's uh, <laughs> like, start, oh no!" And he starts looking at him and goes, "You know, if you," and yeah. he notices he notices Cliff like, isn't he, paying attention, so yeah, he turns he, to Mr. Howard Hughes, "Hey, Howard. hey Howard!" He's like, "Hey Howard, you, you know, if we take this little <laughs> chamber here and we bisect it and add some vents, we could probably increase the." <laughs> I love that. No, I wasn't going to talk about Rocketeer, Jay. But if you're going to if you're going to go me into it, damn it, I'll talk about the Rocketeer. Love that movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. Uh, I don't know where we are. I got confused. It doesn't matter. It's not. Um, well, Jay, I'm going to see you and raise you because you oh, brought up. Okay. So you you started shifting us into um, movies, not necessarily about planes, but movies on planes. Uh huh. So I'm going to see your Air Force One, and I'm going to raise you 
Executive Decision from 1996. Oh, 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 oh my God, I forgot about that movie. With John Leguizamo and Kurt Russell. I'm sorry, John, that movie is terrible. And a very, very (laughs) mercifully brief cameo from Steven Seagal. And that movie is amazing, sir. You go rewatch it. Oliver Platt is in that movie. He defuses a bomb. You think he's going to be the main character, Steven Seagal, and then he just goes... You're not going to make it, but you will. (laughs) Bullet dodged, man. Bullet dodged. No, I do enjoy that movie. I'm sorry. It's, it is. That is intriguing. Terrorists have taken over, uh, is it a 747? And, uh, we decide the best way to combat that is to inject a super badass army. I don't forget what branch is supposed to be. Commando squad in midair using a, B-117? Yeah, a, a stealth bomber that's been redesigned to with an umbilical. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they, did they call it the Remora? I would not sure. be surprised if they did call it the Remora. But, um... That implies no, I remember uh, details about this movie that I do not. <laughs> so, so, John, you're a little off on the plot details. Oh, okay. The reason they inject them this super awesome Navy SEAL squad, I think they're Navy SEALs. Sure. Is um, because it's not just a bomb, it's also poison gas. And if the plane explodes, it will be basically like a giant chemical bomb going off over the eastern seaboard, which is why they... All I know is Holly Berry played a flight attendant, Kurt Russell was the science nerd, and John Leguizamo ends up leading the commando group, which also includes, yep. and I forget the actor's name, but he played Miles Bennett Dyson in Terminator 2. Yep. He was he was Pappy. That was Cappy. Cappy. Cat Cappy. He's the bomb disposal guy who gets injured and he has to walk Oliver Platt through how to do it. Yeah, use your magic wand. It's a great movie. Great. See? See? Look at the details you remember about this movie you claim you don't like. This movie's great. I do. I've seen it so many Plot times. Plot makes no oh, sense, but it's awesome. Oh, God, yeah. Well, you know what, John? What? You know what, John? What, Jay? I see you. See, you raised me. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. raised Air Force mm-hmm. One to, to executive, executive decision. decision. I sure did. I'm, I'm going to re-raise you. Okay. I'm going to re-raise your executive decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Con Air. Ooh. The movie that uh, um, John Cusack refuses to talk about in interviews. <laughs> you can Google that. You're welcome. Put the bunny in the box. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about that movie is Nick Cage trying to do a southern accent the whole time. Yeah, it's not good. But that is that is peak Nicolas Cage 90s badass him. Oh man, uh, Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God, I can't. John, what is his name? Malkovich. Machete. Machete. Oh, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, that's right. V- is it Ving Rhames? No, not. V- yeah, Ving Rhames. I think so. Ving Rhames is in it. I might be thinking of Armageddon. I don't remember now at this point. They're no, both Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer. No, things. no. Uh, Armageddon was Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, okay, okay. My bad. Sorry. 
Ving Rhames was in uh, uh, Con Air. Okay. Yeah. Scott, you've seen Con Air, right? I have. Yeah. What do you think of Con Air? Has one of my favorite Steve Buscemi lines of all time. Is it about the 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 music? Don't to? don't don't let him say it. Sorry. And yes, it is about the music they're listening to. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. That scene. He's sitting there. I think he's talking to Nicholas Cage. It's been a while. Since yeah, he's... yeah, he's talking to Nick. Yeah, because they're yeah. just sitting there, just kind of watching it all. Because they, because neither one of them are in this whole thing. It's like, define irony. Bunch of idiots dancing in a plane to a song made famous by a band that died in a plane wreck. That's <laughs> just an awesome Steve Buscemi line. And there's my Steve Buscemi impression, by the way. It's not great, I know. <laughs> I once drove across seven states wearing a woman's face as a hat. <laughs> Nick, just don't talk to me. <laughs> uh, oh man, I I love that movie. It's it's a fun '90s action movie. But Jay, uh, yes, uh oh, you're gonna talk movies on a plane oh, where people yeah. are under siege on a plane. Jay, sorry, you got a nice hand, but you're gonna have to fold to these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. You knew it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. The You're movie right that. Here, yeah. The movie <laughs> that Samuel L. Jackson only agreed to based on its name alone and then told them not to change the name. Otherwise, were, he wouldn't do it anymore. Yeah. It was a working title. He loved the title. And they, in fact, before the movie had even been released, it had already become an internet thing. Because the internet was, you know, still in its, in its infancy back then, but it was enough of a of a nowadays we'd call it like a meme sensation. It was enough of a thing. The studio paid money to go back and reshoot scenes to make sure Samuel L. Jackson actually said, "I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane." That was not in the original movie. They went back and reshot that just to make sure people got their money's worth out of that movie. Buckle up. I'm going to open a window. And as a person who hates snakes with a passion, I only own two snake movies, and this is one of them, Jay. Is the other Anaconda? Of course the other one's Anaconda. Oh, good. 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 On Blu-ray, so I can get the Tino John Voight just crystal clear as possible. (laughs) That's the crossover we need. Anaconda's on a plane. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Hold on, we're getting the better. It's not just any plane, Jay. It's it's Latino John Voigt has been arrested and he's being transported on Con Air. <laughs> but somebody's filled Con Air full of snakes. Oh, oh wait, wait. But also the president's on board. So it's Con Air Force One. Yes! Oh yes! <laughs> It's, oh. yeah, it's Anacon uh, Air Force Anacon, uh, Anacon One. Oh my god, hold on. I have to write this down. Oh, this is beautiful. And uh, say it again. Anacon Air Force One. 
<laughs> oh my god, yes. Starring Samuel L. Jackson, Latino new... John Boyd, Harrison Her- Ford. <laughs> Steve Buscemi still, because why Steve not? Buscemi for for whatever reason. <laughs> and Halle Berry as the flight attendant. On <laughs> <I'm> Conair? <laughs> yeah, why not? Okay. Wait, is John Leguizamo going to lead a strike team to sneak on the plane? <laughs> this keeps getting better and better. He's going to have to make an executive decision. Oh! <laughs> There's our <laughs> subtitle. Anaconda Air Force One. <laughs> decision. Oh, yes. This is wrong. You know this, right? No, this is awesome. <laughs> I want this movie now. I want James at work to do the poster for this. Get these snakes off my plane. Never look into the eyes of the snakes. They'll haunt you forever. I've had it with this motherfucking Latino John Voight on the motherfucking plane. Why couldn't you just put the bunny back in the box? Ooh, that was good. Right, I think I think we've hit peak goofiness at this point. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't think we're topping that. Oh, All right. Wow. Sorry, I'm going through my list to make sure I didn't miss any. Good, good talk, Russ. Good talk. Oh, Jay, you know who's going to save the day? Who's that? Passenger 57. Oh my God! Is he in for tax evasion? Is that why he's on the counter? <laughs> oh no, he did his time for that. <laughs> yeah, he's being transported back home. That's the whole. Oh, oh, oh I see what you say. Okay, yes, yes, exactly, yes, yes. It's the movie you never needed and never wanted, but we're giving you anyway. Anaconda Air Force One executive decision. Passenger fifty-seven makes an executive decision. <laughs> That might be too long for an episode title. We'll find out. Starring John Leguizamo. Latino John Voight. Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) And introducing Harrison Ford. Uh, All right. Anyway. The only other movie I had to bring up... um, I think Jay mentioned this a while back. Has anyone here ever seen Stealth? Yeah. I have not. No. It's bad. Terminator meets Top Gun from 2012? I'm just going to throw a number here. I don't know. I'm sad to say I actually own it as well. Oh, okay. Yes. It is not good. It is not a good movie. Not even Jamie Foxx could bring that movie anything good. Sorry, 2005. I was way off. Yeah, Josh, Lu- Josh Lucas, Jessica Beale, and Jamie Foxx are your leads in that one. It's uh, three hot shots going up against the next-gen drone that gets struck by lightning and pulls a Johnny Five, only like reverse Johnny Five because now it's like a killbot thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Terminator meets Top Gun. And then it lets the guy fly it 
to save somebody or, or to save Jessica Biel. Sure. Is like the climax is like he flies the because he the AI can't pilot the thing. I don't know. It's stupid. I saw it once. Uh, I remember thinking, wow, this is kind of bad. And then I remember being very confused because at one point Jessica Biel gets shot down and like they're wearing very obvious like movie costume flight suits because like they're way too tight. Uh, but at one point, Jessica Biel in her way too tight flight suit just pulls out like an MP7 submachine gun. And I'm like, wait a minute. The hell did she get that? I'm telling you it was in her pocket. I think, oh, she gets shot down over like North Korea and has to cross yeah. the, what is it, the 38th parallel? And she just mysteriously has this submachine gun. I'm like, uh, yeah, that, that's all I remember is being taken out of the movie. But like, where the hell did she hide that thing the whole time? Uh, what really got me were the automatic um, refueling blimps. Oh, just yeah. Flying in giant circles all over the world so that these planes Cause, could refuel. Because somebody read the script was like, hey, guys, you know, these planes have to refuel at some point, right? Um, there are floating airplane gas stations. Yeah. blimps. So it's like a it's like an airship. It's like an automated airship that also has fuel. Yeah, but. How do the planes match speed with these things? Blimps don't aren't known for speed. Well, it's that's that's the movie part of it is like they're they're continually flying a circular orbit in like the same area, and their speed I'm guessing is higher than the stall speed. It would um, have to be. Huh? It would have to be. That yeah, and I don't know what speed it is, but they're also flying jets that don't actually exist. Yeah. And then the the funniest part of it is like basically you have to have like a code to um lock in and get the fuel. So not anybody can just like come up and refuel. And the auto drone AI thing shoots off the receiver just so that fuel starts flowing right out of the, the thing and somehow connects its in-air refueling nozzle to the blown-off end of the hose to refuel. But it continues to spew fuel. and Like blends. there's no shut-off valve or anything. Yeah. yeah, and it like, and so there's like this giant circular ring of fuel when, what's his name, Josh? Lucas. Josh Lucas's character comes to refuel and then it's a big like, explodey scene and you're just like okay i i have officially checked out if i hadn't checked out by this point i am now done for real how do they refuel the balloons when they're out of fuel to refuel planes with that's a, i don't know they okay. they they call in an even bigger blimp ah okay okay do they, do they get a dirigible yeah they call in led zeppelin <laughs> Yeah, it's not a good movie. Uh, I don't recommend it. Don't don't watch it, Scott. Or or we'll watch it together while you drink bourbon. There and, you go. There you go. And just it'll be like when we watched Anaconda together or <laughs> Deep Blue Sea. Now we got to find the perfect movie to pair it with. Uh, oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all I've got. Yeah. Anybody else? No, nope, I'm 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 all serious or goofy. Uh, 
No, I mean, I could I could talk about plane movies all night long. I, you know, movies that I love with just have planes and stuff, but yeah, nothing really that just pops out of my head that I need to talk about. I'm I'm surprised none of us brought up the most obvious one, but I feel like it's been talked about a lot on the show. So, hey, I was gonna bring up Firebirds, but I was told not that I couldn't do helicopters because they're not planes. So. You could have brought up Firebirds. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. Well, that's not that's that's not the one I was talking about. But I, I know what. I wasn't going to bring up Rocketeer, but you'd maybe do it. So, no, uh, not no. not Rocketeer. No. Some other movie about planes. Yeah, some other movie about planes, made in 1986. Something about volleyball. I don't know. Air America? Yeah, that's the one. Was that 86? Mm. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. We totally forgot Iron Eagle, dude. Oh, crap. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely not on my list of favorite movies that involve airplanes. The sequel's even better. Yeah. They have to get all the old World War II pilots. Or is that the third oh. one? I don't remember. They made too many of those movies. I think that was the third one. Okay. The second one was, remember, they got teamed up with the international ground team. It was an international team. and It had the the redneck guys that were in the a, uh, APC on the ground and stuff. No, clearly I don't. I Wasn't there one that they like where the kid is no longer a kid? He's actually grown up. Was that like it's like seven one? of them? Yeah. Let me look it up. How many, How many Iron Eagle <laughs> movies are there? It's the top search. Two. So we have Iron Eagle, Iron Eagle 2, Iron Eagle, sorry, Aces, Iron Eagle 3, and Iron Eagle on the Attack, a.k.a. Iron Eagle 4. So just the four. My bad. Jesus. My bad. I think I've only seen the first one. Oh, yeah, definitely only seen the first one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Now we talked about Iron Eagle, so we're good now. I don't know. Any other movie about planes from the 80s? That's all I got. I got nothing. I dare anyone else to come up with another movie about planes from the 80s. Well, I mean,. I just yeah. figured everybody was going to bring that one up, so I just didn't put it on my list. I so. figured it was the obvious choice, so why bring it up? Yeah, right. Because we've also talked, we did a whole episode reviewing the new one, so like, I think we're good. Yeah. I think we're good. All right. This is Ghost Rider for requesting permission to buzz the tower. Negative Ghost Rider pattern is full. You know, Jay, it's just too bad, but. Uh... I think he's lost that love and feeling. He's what? He's lost that love and feeling. No, man. Come on. He hate it when he does that. Well, thank you for listening. What movies about planes or on planes do you like? What movies would you mash together? Can you top Anaconda Air Force One uh, Passenger 57 makes an executive decision? I don't think you can. 
but I'm daring you. I double dog dare you to try. Uh, and until next time, thank you for listening. This has been your weekly nerdle.